0: Lob told the radio Rad right into this world all alone got not take your soon You're on your own
1: A crow flash train Welcome to Way and Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, September tenth. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in.
2: Thank you, Michelle, and welcome everyone to Weigh In Sports Talk. It is Wednesday night, hump day, one of the best nights. For radio that I can remember in a long time. So much going on. Not only are we going to get to talk about NFL and college football games that will be taking place on the field this weekend, but some off-the-field news that is just a good week. If you love sports, you love sports talk, you love radio, and we're going to hit it all tonight. We're going to talk about Ray Rice's video that came out. We're going to talk about the, I guess did Goodell know about this video that was just released To before you know he, he suspended him two games? That's a key question tonight we want everybody to weigh in on. Talk about Penn State uh, getting their scholarships back. Their bowl ban has been lifted. Uh, a lot of mixed thoughts in my mind, mixed emotions. We'll talk about that as well. And also some controversy in Atlanta, Trey, the Atlanta Hawks owner, one of the owners, self-reports an email he sent uh, a couple of years ago that could have some racial undertones with it. Trey, just your, your thoughts real quick on the Atlanta Hawks owner. and Did he do this on purpose because he just wanted to sell the Hawks and make a little cash?
1: Well, I'll tell you, Carmen, it is really weird that he came out and did this. Um, I'll tell you, I, I still haven't read the email yet. I've had a couple of coworkers talk to me about uh their thoughts of the email and what they thought it meant, and what some and it seems to be sort of all over the place um on what the in, people thought it meant, whether he was just commenting or whether it was racially you know sort of uh motivated um but just the timing of the way he came out, this causes me to think that he wanted to sell, and he's just trying to <laughs> use this to get some publicity to sell the hawks i mean
2: it seems very suspicious to me. Well, there was nothing about the email that I read that was racist, but, you know, there were some stereotypes used, Trey, and, you know, just business decisions like this could be what's affecting business because of A, B, C, but it was no racial, nothing like what we heard from from Mr. Silver there, whatever, or Sterling, I'm sorry, Mr. Sterling, um, (laughs) Silver, but... uh, it wasn't as bad. I just think the guy wanted to sell. It's odd that he self-reported that. He's trying to, you know, he's doing. The, he apologized, said everything the right way. Now he's going to sell. He wants that money to make another um, venture, business venture. He's a businessman, so I just wanted people's thoughts on that. If you'd like to call in tonight, six four six seven one six five five six four. Here's, here's the deal, Hawks, win some basketball games and maybe we won't have to worry about all this. Maybe they could focus on that. But the big story of the week, Monday, Trey, Monday morning it was released, the Ray Rice video, what happened in the elevator. Your thoughts real quick after you watched this video. I mean, did you did you think the two-game punishment was fair after watching this video or are you okay with what the Ravens did?
1: I'm okay with the Ravens releasing him, and I, and I guess in some way, I'm not okay with the reaction from Goodell. And, and it's not that I'm that I don't you know that I think that Ray Rice shouldn't be suspended from the league indefinitely. I'm not, that's fine. It's just everything that's come out about Goodell and the video being mailed to a league official three or five months ago, the fact that they have him on a voicemail saying that you know they received it uh, and, and indicated they had listened or they had watched it. Um, it's just the amount of cover-up it seems to be with Roger Goodell, and, and, and the sort of disparity uh, of the way that you know he's all of a sudden just you know infuriated with Ray Rice. Oh, well, you know it's the video. Well, Termin, I don't need a video to tell me that people who commit acts of violence and domestic violence shouldn't be in my you know in my league, or shouldn't be, or should be punished pretty severely. Um, and, you know, we can harken back to the fact that you know Greg Hardy. One of the best defensive players in the NFL was convicted, uh, and then he appealed to a superior court. um, But he choked somebody out and threatened to kill this woman and threw her around and drug her on the ground, according to one witness. And I haven't heard a single thing from the league about that. Um, You know, they're waiting for the results, what I keep hearing. Um, But, you know, it just seems to me that Goodell is reacting. To publicity because he likes to keep his job and likes to keep out, you know that sort of image. And I'd rather see him make a stance before it becomes a public outcry. Uh, and so that's what bothers me about it. Tarvin is like, he finally got caught when everybody saw the video and everybody else was like, what is he doing? He was like, oh yeah, well now I'm outraged too. Well, Tarvin, you and I have been talking about how this before we saw the video and. And so, what gets me is there, there are there are many of us who were pretty outraged before we even we saw a video. We all we had to do was read what happened, and that was enough for yeah. me, and that
2: will always be enough for me. You're right. I mean, it's it's all I needed to see was what happened outside the elevator. Really, what he did. So I don't need a big imagination or proof of that he hit her and this and things. The thing that shocked me was you spit on this woman. I mean that's the lowest degrading thing, I mean, the most degrading thing you can do to someone is spit on them. And to see him do that just, just brought back more emotion. But if you, if you remember, Trey, when this first happened, uh, whenever it did a month ago or whatever, I was the first one to say, get him out of the league. I mean, just be done with it. And now it's just weird. They suspended him two games, and then they came out and made it a lot stiffer. It's like Goodell was trying to cover himself in the league and then as soon as this came out it seems like Goodell's guilty of something when I saw his interview on CBS today saying he never saw the video or never knew about it he's lying the NFL is the most powerful organization in the world Trey I mean there's no denying they're they're tougher that they're they have more power than the police hell they have more power than President Obama right now Trey this is a multiple-billion-dollar industry. And you're telling me Goodell couldn't get a video if he wanted it? Come on. Well, apparently he had it, let's
1: be honest. I I believe wholeheartedly the fact that a police officer or someone in law enforcement set this off, they apparently have the evidence that, you know, the league received it. Um, And so I just, to me, Tarvin, um, this is nothing more than Goodell trying to save face Uh, and and nothing more than the league only coming to an issue because we're forcing it to. Um, You know, you you can go through all the domestic violence incidents uh, through the past, and and Goodell didn't seem to care. Uh, You know, Des Bryant, Lewis Edelman, you know, uh, know, Brandon Marshall. You know, now it's Greg Hardy, uh, who's still pending. Uh, You have, of course, the, the new one from the 49ers, uh, and Ray Rice, who we've all seen the video. I, I don't need to see videos on these people, Tarvin. I, I don't think that the the league should be okay with the <laughs> violence uh, from any point. Um, we're not too far off from Ray Carruth, what in 2006, with so the Panthers, Tarvin, who you know threatened to uh, when he tried to murder his his fiance or girlfriend. Uh, and the league just seems to forget about this stuff. and I, I just don't think that's okay.
2: I mean, the the problem I have, too, is people out there, these fans, these Raven fans, are defending this guy. And I don't care what team you play on. If I'm your biggest fan and and you hit a woman, I don't want you anymore. Steve Spurrier came out today and said, if you hit women on my team, you won't be on my team. And it's just, I mean, what's this society doing where we're trying to cover up actions of a grown man that's making millions of dollars? And I'm I'm not stunned that the girl stayed with him, Trey, Uh, to marry him. When they're married, she can't testify against him. She doesn't have to. And I guarantee you, she's guaranteed a lot of money when she leaves. And I don't think it's going to be long. And and you tell me if I'm wrong on this. Now that this video has been released, how dumb is she going to look for staying with him? I think she's out. I think she's leaving. In the next couple months, you'll hear about a divorce from this. And maybe one day Ray Rice will get back in the league, but I doubt it. But I guarantee you that marriage is over, Trey. Well,
1: I mean, this league just seems to have no uh, ramifications when it comes to violence. Or, or They're very temporary. You know, whether it's violence against animals, which we saw with Michael Vick, violence against your mom, with Des Bryant, violence against a girlfriend when it comes to, you know, uh, Greg Hardy, Ray Rice knocking out Cole, his fiance. The league now, all of a sudden, with this one incident, is, you're telling me that this is worse than all the things we've seen in the NFL when it comes to violence against whomever. No, man. Uh, just, it needs to stop. The NFL needs to come down with a policy that matters. They need to get these people out of football. Uh, you know, whether you think these people are, are role models, and, and I don't. I don't look up to any of them. I know, you know a lot of people agree with that. But there are kids out there who might, and I think the NFL has a responsibility to keep that in mind and say, hey, look, these, this matters in society, and, and, and it matters on these football teams.
2: And and, and and let's not forget, I mean, it's not violence, but the racial hate that went on with Riley for the Eagles, the yeah. incognito bullying going on in the NFL. You have Des Bryant, like you said. I don't know what's going on, but maybe Goodell's not the right fit for the NFL. Everybody looks at him like he's some kind of role model figure, authority, but I think he's a puppet, and all he does is work for the owners. He does what they tell him to, and shame on the Baltimore Ravens as well for their cover-up of this as well. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, Trey, they covered it up as well. They knew the video was out there. They saw it. They wanted their running back. They tried to protect him. And I get trying to protect people sometimes, but not when you're committing crimes and you're, you're hurting women. But, man, I am so disgusted with the NFL right now and Goodell. Trey, is he going to be the NFL commissioner before? I mean, do you think he's going to be – do you think he'll resign or, or step down? What, what do you think is going to happen with Goodell?
1: You know, until
3: the
2: owners push for it, and nothing's going to happen with Goodell. Uh,
1: and, you know, I talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, the Sports Pickle tweeted out a, uh, a tweet from the Baltimore Ravens uh, that actually implicated the fiancé of Ray Rice for for sort of um, escalating the, you know, the, the, the altercation, as you will. And that was an official tweet from the Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, after this all came out. Um, and so that should just show you how the Ravens and the NFL treated this until we as a, as a fan base or as a society told them that they were so far off base it was just ridiculous and we weren't going to put up with it. So if it wasn't for the outcry, Tarvin, Ray Rice would be back on the field next week. Uh, the NFL would be just fine with that, and, and the Baltimore Ravens would be cheering. Uh, and that's just, to me, Tarvin it makes me sick.
2: Well, Rutgers University, you know, Ray Rice was a legend at Rutgers. They've taken down everything, mentioning Ray Rice, any kind of statue, plaques, banners, anything like that. And kudos to Rutgers for doing what's right. Rutgers has had their share of of issues when it comes to, to things in the in the media with coaches and players, but, you know, kudos to them for doing it. But I yeah. just cannot believe that I saw a man – spit on a woman, and, and I, I just don't get it, Trey. This woman right here, now everybody, it's different when you, when you don't have to tell all the details, but this video brings back emotion. It's going to bring up emotions from her friends, or family. This lady is going to be embarrassed. You spit on somebody, Trey, I, I would rather you punch me in the face, cut me with a knife, than spit on me, and this shows he has no emotion of love for her he doesn't care about her he's staying with her right now to save his face or or she's staying with him right now for the money but uh, you still had to answer my question trey is she going to leave him and, and and how soon will it be well i mean i, I don't know
1: what's going to happen with their relationship i mean there's a lot of um unfortunate people who are in domestic violence situations that have trouble leaving that situation I, I hope she gets out um, of that situation because you don't want anybody to be in a, involved in a relationship where you're not respected, and certainly where you're abused. And it, It's clear that she's
2: been abused. Obviously, we've all seen it. Uh, yeah, and people, so people want, judge yeah. people, Trey, and, and judge her for staying, but I don't know if people, you know, I've read psychology books with people that are put down a lot in their life, their confidence is low, and they stay because, they feel like it's their fault in a way or, or they did something to provoke them, as Stephen A. Smith uh, said that time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Let's not forget about I it. I either. just <laughs> Do what? Let's not
1: forget Stephen A. Smith either. And What's crazy about that, Tarvin, is you know who the SPN had on as soon as the
2: video was released? Stephen A. Smith. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. I cut out. No, I said, you know who
1: ESPN had on to comment on the, on the video when it was released?
2: Stephen A. Smith.
1: Wow.
2: It just, just blows, after,
1: blows my mind.
2: After they suspended him for his last comments, they yeah. have him on yep. again. Yep. Wow. Stephen A. Smith, know how to control your lady, he said, or to do not provoke your man. And Trey, real quick, Quinn, one of our favorite callers on the show, is on. Quinn, give us your comments right quick, your feelings and thoughts of Ray Rice.
3: I don't get why you guys are shocked that this goes on. This goes on every day. That's just not reported. There's probably hundreds of cases every day in the U.S. alone where abuse happens. I don't get why you guys act like you're all shocked.
2: Because it's the NFL. These guys are held to a higher standard. They make millions and millions of dollars in their role models. I don't care
0: are when you, what you,
2: Joe, Joe Blow and his trailer park does. I could care less. That's up to them. But when you start trying to hide something in order to cover up and to make yourself look better, that's why it's a big story. The NFL's huge. It's just the biggest thing going in the world right now, and that's why it's in the media.
3: They don't really look at themselves as that. There are guys that want money. They don't. They don't. They don't care about anybody else. They just want the money, and they'll do what they want. You really think they care what a little kid thinks about them?
0: No, I would say
3: ninety percent of those guys don't care about anybody else but themselves in that whole entire
2: league. Well, good, good. give us your thoughts real quick on Ray Rice. What do you think should happen? Do you do you think he should be banned for life from the NFL? Do you think a year? What are you thinking?
3: I think he should be banned for a few years and see if, if he can get his life on track. I think he should be banned for four or five years and then see, well, by then he's going to be like, and it's dirty so his career would be done anyway. So I guess, yeah, I'm banned for life. Because,
2: well, well, Quinn, I just want to tell you, when you're in the media, when you're in the spotlight, things that happen every day in other people's lives, they get magnified, they get blown up. The reason it's not reported is because people don't follow other people around with cameras they don't They don't go around trying to find information, but it's very important that this gets exposed and and you know God says what's hidden will be come to light and and that's what I believe Ray rise, but let's go to the seven seven zero area code. You're only way in sports. Who's this? Oh, hey, go You're, what's going on? How are you? oh man. I- I'm doing really well, man. I just oh, man. I'm glad that you guys.
4: Playing...
2: Really well, man. I just... uh, hey, if you're on hey, speakerphone, about... can you can you get off the speakerphone? I think we're having a echo right there. Yeah,
4: sorry about that, man. I uh, I didn't realize right. that you guys picked me up, and I'm um, i was still listening on my uh, my machine here. Well, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, uh,
0: hey, what's hey, going phone? on?
4: Man, I'm just kind of like the rest of you guys, man. I'm just sort of disgusted with sports in general right now. It's just awful. Between Ray Rice and the Atlanta Hawks and, you know, giving bowl eligibility back to Penn State, it's just – what the heck is going on? It's like it's like nobody has any kind of moral compass anymore. I just – I don't know. Well,
2: Matt, you beat us to one, one topic that we're going to discuss in a few minutes, but Ray Rice, I mean – why would Goodell hide this information? We knew he, we know he had it. We're not stupid. I mean, this is the most powerful organization in the world. I mean, why would he cover up what happened?
4: You know, I, I really think this is going to move into the direction of what's going to happen to Godell at this point, because I think you're right. I think he probably had the video. I think a lot of people saw it. Um, I don't think he was telling the truth when he was being interviewed, and I think it's going to get proven sooner or later. And I think, you know... The owners of the NFL are sooner or later going to be like, man, it's a real disaster here having this guy being associated with us. He will probably not become like. I don't think he'll become like a pariah, kind of like you know Don Sterling. But I think a lot of people are going to look at Goodell and just be like, man, uh, this is not like a trustworthy individual that we we really really want to have representing the league anymore. So I, I think his days are numbered, honestly unless he he well, does some kind of big p r thing to kind of get back in the big graces of the whole wide world, I think he's i think his days are number two.
2: Do you understand how much money he makes on an annual basis so he's he's made his money um he's gonna be the scapegoat for all this. you watch it you wait and see the owners need someone to fall on the sword and it's gonna be goodell, but there's already a lot of people Matt. um uh, call him for his job, call him for his resignation. You have these women groups out there for abuse, 20th anniversary of this, and here's Goodell running the dirtiest league. How many people could kill someone in a car accident and be drunk and play in a few months? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me what's going on here.
4: Yeah, and, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, the way, you know, the general public sort of, like, gets mad about things, makes it a little bit harder for some of these guys to gauge what's going to happen. Cause you know, you're right. You know, there's a guy who's going to go play ball for the Dallas Cowboys who killed a guy in a drunk driving accident. And it's kind of like, well, nobody's raising hell about this. And if nobody's going to get mad enough to say, man, get rid of this guy for team after he killed the guy, then I can, I don't really blame for blame these guys to look at this whole Ray Rice situation and think, well, maybe this won't blow up, but then it does. But it just goes to show to you, like, you know, there is, the only thing consistent when it comes to, like, college football and professional sports and crime and punishment is the absolute inconsistency. You know, they have no it – it just doesn't seem like they have any kind of real idea how to punish people correctly, appropriately, and it's never gotten any better. If anything, I think it's gotten worse and more sporadic and more chaotic.
2: Well, well Trey, our co-host here, said something earlier about a couple of people that that are, you know, guilty of beating women and stuff, but you're not hearing anything about it. But it, it's really, like you said, whoever they want to make a big stink about, whoever the whoever we decide guilty and we, we make a stink about it, they start doing some action. As soon as this video came out Monday, Ray Rice is no longer in oh, yeah, the yeah. NFL track. I mean, it's just crazy. It's but, but Trey made a great point. What about these other guys? Hardy. And these other people that are out raising hell, hitting women. I mean it's not just happening. Quinn said it earlier, it's happening everywhere. And you know what? It's happening in the NFL more, but somehow they're covering it up right now. I guarantee you there's more women out there getting slapped around today than than we think.
4: I think it's probably true. And you go, look at the past. Like, you know, you've got guys like Warren Moon who've got a history of it, you know. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer yet, but he probably will be if he's not already. Um yeah, I mean, there's other instances of it. I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy that this is what sets people off, and it's not the first time it's happened. Um, but in the way, you know, I, I think if, if any kind of fallout happens out of this and anything good happens out of it, that's, you know, maybe there will be a real disciplinary code written by the NFL that makes it clear-cut, you know, what the punishments are going to be from here on out and it's not going to be up to the whim of Roger Goodell based on however he thinks it should be that day, which is really the way it should be.
2: Yep, and if you choke your mom half to death, you, you don't deserve to be in the league. But, Matt, while you're here real quick, we're going to get on another topic that you mentioned that was next on the list, and Trey, we'll get you right after Matt here. But it came out this week that the NCAA has reversed their punishment of Penn State. They're going to be bowl eligible now. They're getting back their scholarships. They're partying in the streets in Penn State like something big happened, how great it was. But yeah. Matt, somewhere along the line, these kids are still growing up screwed up. They were molested, and they were they were allowed to be able to be raped and molested by this man because winning was important. Football was everything. Give us your thoughts real quick on Penn State. Uh, I think
4: it's an – a really screwed up message to everybody, you know, uh, athletic directors, college players, kids, parents, just the whole wide world. I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that this Ray Rice thing is happening because this would be the number one news story if it wasn't for Ray Rice right now <laughs> because it's a big deal. I mean, it, I get when people argue like, you know, the scholarships and the bull bin, you know, people kind of argue like, well, you're you're hurting these players and the players don't deserve it because they didn't have anything to do with this. But, you know, all the sanctions that the NCAA hands out hurt ball players who weren't responsible for doing the actions that happened. You know, like at US, USC and the punishments they got for Reggie Bush and all that. I don't know, man. It just, it, I think this is going to be yep. something else that comes back to haunt the NCAA, a decision they made that everybody's going to take a step back in a, in a few months and be like, wait a minute, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> I think, it's just bad decisions. I don't know why these people make such bad decisions, but
2: they do. I know. Trey, you know, it seems like the NCAA was was castrated by Auburn a few years ago, and, you know, they've been in the bad spotlight at times, and now they're trying to come back, it seems like, and do something good. But, you know, like Matt said, other players are are punished because of the NCAA for crimes they didn't commit. And you know what I tell those kids at Penn State to decide to go? That's your problem. You can always transfer and go somewhere else. Trey, I think this was a terrible decision. It, it just shows that still money, football are in are number one. And if you get raped and molested, who cares? We'll 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 sweep it under the rug.
1: My, I agree with you guys. Let me tell you this, Parvin. The trials for the Penn State, um, you know, people who were indicted uh, by a grand jury have not even happened yet. And so they're making this decision, and, and Matt said it, you know, the, this is going to come back to haunt them. It is, because once those trials come out, Tarvin, and the evidence starts coming forward, about, you know, knowing what happened at Penn State and how much the administrators, these, these people who are being prosecuted knew, it's going to be bad. And it's going to be bad for the NCAA for taking this step to come forward and say, oh, well, you know, all is, all is forgotten it's just disgusting. I, I can't believe, Just, I was shocked, and it's almost as if the NCA was waiting for a scandal to piggyback on, and the Ray Rice scandal <laughs> hit. And it was like the NCA can just throw this out there, and it won't get any news coverage because everybody's talking to Ray Rice. And it just, it just seems like well, too well time for me, Tarvin. And it just, uh, I, I'm telling you, I agree with Matt. It's going to come back, and we're all going to be going, hey, remember back in September of 14, we were talking about that, and, Man, look how terrible this stuff's come out.
2: Hey, Matt, um, you know, James Franklin went to Penn State, and while he was at Vanderbilt, he was recruiting some players that were involved in an alleged
0: rape, sexual
2: assault, and they hired this guy to Penn State while all this was going on and and everything happened, and I'm just so upset that the NCAA did this. It just shows me, like you said, how – It's just corrupt. I mean, the the more I study sports, the more I dig into it, the more I try to think outside the box and do things with sports other than just my team and everything. I realize it's all about money and power. And you know what? The Big Ten needs another bowl team. Penn State's undefeated right now. Ohio State lost. Michigan State lost. Let's just throw them. Hopefully they can win. I mean, they can make the playoffs. I heard. I mean,
4: I, I heard somebody make that conspiracy theory this morning that, you know, it came right after it looked like the Big Ten didn't have a contender, you know, for the playoffs. And I was just like, ooh, man, that's <laughs> – I, I mean, I, I would hate for that to be the truth, and that's what what spurred this along. But, man, you can't help but think that, can you? I mean, you just that's can't. That's the first
2: thing I thought of. That's the first thing I thought of.
4: Because, yeah, who, who, who else in the Big Ten has got – is undefeated right now? Like, they They have to be the only one. Um,
2: well, Minnesota, you know, they're not going to be well, undefeated yeah. for long. They're not going to be undefeated long. And I don't think Penn State's going to be there, but at least it gives more credibility to the conference with Penn State being off probation. I mean, they're—I mean, the scholarships are still reduced. They'll get those back. I guess they'll get to recruit more people. But, Trey, I mean, James Franklin going to Penn State after what went on at Vanderbilt, I mean, this, they're playing with fire here. I just... I just don't understand. Yeah, you know, all, all the
1: while, ESPN just you know hypes it up as you know the storylines that came out of some of the ESPN college football analysts about on Saturday, or um, sort of this was you know this was coming. You could sort of see it talking about Penn State, and, and then when it happened, it was it's almost like they were so happy, for, you know, and all is forgotten, all is you know, all is watched under the bridge, all before trials ever happened. So except for one, of course. But, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just got a real sick taste in my mouth, man. It really does.
2: Well, well, Sports Buzz Radio in the chat room says you can't penalize the athletes. Everyone involved in this is no longer there. None of them have jobs and will never get another one. One is in prison, the other is dead, and the rest are sitting at home. But it's still your institution, your Penn State, you let this, you allowed this to happen. You allowed football winning tradition to take over what's right. There has to be consequences. And if you're there right now, transfer. Go to another school. Shut the athletic program down for five years. I've said it all along. I'm not just changing my story now. I've said it since day one. Shut it down. Burn it. Rebuild it. Do whatever. But there has to be consequences right now. Reinstall it. Reinstating this, Trey, all of a sudden, what if it happens that? At uh, Texas, what if this goes on in Texas? And now, what's the NCAA going to do, Trey? They've already almost given the death penalty to Penn State, and then they reverse it. What do they do the next time this happens?
1: Well, and it's not about anyone being there. That that's that, that, to me, that's it's a sort of a paper argument because it's not about who was there. The NCAA has the thing about institutional control for a reason. It's about the fact that an institution put. Football and winning over basically the you know you could say legality over over you know young boys' health, wellness, you know, welfare, you name it. The institution of Penn State, um, and we'll see that come out uh, coming up. Uh, put that above all of that, and I think that's by reinstating them now. The NCAA is saying. Uh, well, you know, we don't want to go too deep with this whole football isn't great and the number one thing. We've had enough of that, you know. So uh, I think it I think it just gets you that out of sight, out of mind, and I think that's what the NCAA is doing. It's like, oh, well, no one will talk about it, so let's move on.
2: You're a coach on this Penn State team. You walk in the showers and you see a kid being raped by some pervert and you do nothing. I don't give a damn what happens to the school. Burn it, like I said, for all I care. I'm just saying, you let this go on and this is not the only guy that saw this going on. This Sandusky pervert piece of shit thought he was above everything. He thought Penn State needed him and wouldn't do anything and you know what? He was right. Joe Paterno played old and dumb like he didn't know anything and God rest his soul. I hate to talk about somebody while they're not here, but you know, he may have been involved in it for all we know. But I'm just sick of people coming to the defense of Penn State, and it makes me sick. I mean, if Matt said, where's the moral compass at? Matt, you were right. Where is it? I mean, where uh, is it? You know it? what's going to end up
4: happening, I think? You know, something else is going to happen at Penn State eventually. Um, maybe, probably not on this scale, this Handusky thing. But, you know, some football player is going to take some drunk girl and do something terrible that he shouldn't be doing. And this is all going to come back to light again. And then people are going to come out for blood. And then you wonder, like, well, what's the NCAA going to do? Are they going to go back and try to, like, make up for making that bad decision where they gave them back all their scholarships and they shouldn't have? I don't know. But, you know, something else is going to happen, and it's going to, you know, it's the the NCAA. They're going to to make a bad decision again, no matter what it is. And it's just, I don't know, it's just. It's terrible. But, but you're right about them picking James Franklin. You know, I kind of forgot about that, what would have happened there at, you know, at Vanderbilt. But you're right, man. Having them pick him was kind of a, geez. You, you figure they'd go out and try <laughs> to find the straightest arrow they could to go take over that program and just,
2: you know. Yeah. But now, I man, mean, this not. guy breaks the rules. And and, there's, and and James Franklin is a good coach. I'm not taking anything away from his ability, but he will win at all costs. He brought a ton of thugs to Vanderbilt, a school that you can't get into unless you're just the, the best of the best, and that's why they suck at football. I mean, it's just you don't see many athletes that can get into Vanderbilt. I'm sorry, it's just not out there. that they, they can play in the SEC, and he made them into a, a competitive winning program that made like three straight bowl games. How did he do that, Matt? He got these kids in and eligible. I mean, he got them in to get them eligible, and they weren't even close to being eligible.
4: No. I, well, I mean, it, it's kind of like what you say. The more you delve into college sports, the more corrupt and you see it is. I mean, you know, a lot of these football programs aren't even turning a, a, a legit profit. A lot of them are actually operating in the red, even though we're being told that it makes tons and tons of money. I mean, and most athletic departments aren't turning a profit either, you know, and the students are flipping the bill, and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> but, but sooner or later, it's, it's all going to come to a head. It has to. Um, you know, in the NFL, and the NBA, and in and, and, and the NCAA, you know, it's a product that people are watching because they're entertained and they like it, and it's, you know, it kind of has this cultural thing behind it that people are part of. But, you know, they're going to figure out sooner or later that people are going to gonna abandon this if they feel dirty and wrong being a part of it. You know, people are going to find something else to do. They're going to, you know, they're going to watch soccer. They're going to do something else. And then they're going to be in a real, real, a real world of hurt because going back and trying to pick those people up and trying to bring them back in. I mean, it's just, you know, you can ask the Catholic church. That's not that. It's pretty difficult.
2: That's a great point and great stuff, Matt. Thanks for the call, buddy. Great stuff. Great opinions. Trey, uh, Matt brought up some great points, and and you know one of them he said about uh, losing money. In a lot of these schools. What's going to happen when these big schools like Auburn, Bama, Florida State quit playing these cupcakes? How much money are these schools going to lose? Are they going to able to be even able to operate anymore?
1: Well, I mean, some of these schools may go under. I mean, there, there's talk of that at SMU now. A lot of the alumni of, of SMU are saying, hey. If we can't if we can't put a winning thing on the field and we can't really compete with the big guys, just just go under with football. It's not you know. So I think a lot more teams may go under eventually with football just because of the money. Uh, and we we still haven't figured out how all these rulings for the NCAA are going to affect it long term. And so what we could have uh, is
2: is basically less less teams with football programs. Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm I apologize. I'm a little passionate about the, the whole Ray Rice thing, the the Penn State thing. I'm just I'm just sick of of what people think is okay. And I heard Colin Coward speaking about it, Trey, it's almost like the society is numb to violence against women or violence in general. You see these video games that kids play their entire lives, you you just see things on TV now that in some countries it's not allowed to be able to play video games with this or listen to music or or watch things on TV. I mean, how how desensitized is our country, Trey, when it comes to violence? Really, I mean, it's it's getting bad.
1: Well, I, mean, I don't know about the country as desensitized. I, I think it I think it has to come down to the fact that you can never have something like an athletic institution be bigger than the law of the land. And I, and I think we have to come back to that. No matter who you are, you can't break the law. I and mean, we have to stop putting athletes up on a pedestal and stop worshiping worshiping them. All this is like, you know, false idols. I mean, I just think we, we put too much on these people. Um, we 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 expect them to sort of be our role models at times. I mean, um, and they're not, Tarvin. Most of these people aren't very good people. They're very good at sports, and that's about it. I think we have to start acting uh, like that's true, because it is.
2: That's great stuff, and you're listening to Weigh In Sports Talk live on blocktalkradio.com. Make sure you can call in tonight anytime, 646-716-5564. We're going to get into our football segment, start with the NFL. But Trey, trying to get Coach Led on, from Tennessee tonight to discuss um, the upcoming game against Oklahoma should be some good stuff. So until then, get us started in, in our NFL preview for this week and, and give us your thoughts on some of the games. All right. So NFL, you want the NFL games? Yeah, let's go ahead and start with the NFL. Tonight.
1: All right. All right. So uh, the five games we chose to, to focus on this week to talk about and, and pick, obviously, um, the first one, Tarvin, the Lions and the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are hosting this game. we, we Cam Newton may be back. They got an important win with the backup quarterback, Derek Anderson. Uh, the Lions obviously uh, looked pretty good week one. I mean, Calvin Johnson was a, was a beast. So, Tarvin, tell me about this game. Do you think Cam Newton adds something to uh, that offense and the Panthers can get it done at home against uh, a Lions offense that looks pretty darn
2: good right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and you know, I love Cam Newton, first of all. I think he, he's just one of my favorite players. But watching that Carolina Panthers Tampa Bay game, I thought the team looked pretty good with uh, the backup Anderson. And, and one thing I noticed different in the offense, they didn't take a lot of chances with Anderson. They didn't turn the ball over. They took what the defense gave them and they made them pay for it. I think Cam Newton comes back. He tries to force the issue sometimes. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. And against Detroit, they're going to have to score a lot of points, I think, to be able to win this game, even though it's home. So I think Cam gives them a better chance to win, Trey. But do I think they're going to beat Detroit early in the season? I'm not sold on that just yet. All right, sir, so are you picking Detroit? Um, uh, No. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Carolina because the game's at home, but I'm not comfortable with it. I think Vegas put it in yeah. three-point favorite Carolina, but uh, Detroit looked good on Monday Night Football. Granted, they were playing the New York Giants. It's pathetic on offense, but one thing I'll tell you, Trey, Kelvin Benjamin, the rookie out of Florida State, is a stud, and he proved it in week one. If he can put up that same kind of production in week two, Carolina should be able to squeak out a win, but it's going to be close. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and pick the uh, – Carolina Panthers are a close
1: one. Yeah, I, I think the
2: defense for Carolina is really
1: the difference maker, but here's the thing. I, I think that with two good running backs, with Detroit Stafford, I think the Golden Tate uh, opposing sort of uh, Calvin Johnson, I think the Lions will get out of here with a very, very tight win. I think the defense for Carolina is going to continue to be just a, a really impressive unit. They're going to pick up the offense And some of Cam Newton's, uh, you know, turnover type, you know, type stuff, pretty well. Uh, However, I just think Detroit will get it done. Very close game, though. I'm going to pick the upset.
2: All right, in the chat room, if if you want to pick, put your picks out there. We'll announce them on air. Um, Trade game that that takes us on to game four. Yeah, game four, uh, the Falcons to one. And you and I
1: had talked about this. about this game last week, we both thought the Falcons might upset the Saints. That, that came true. The Falcons, that, that late kick and overtime, Matt Bryant with the you know the golden boot, if you will, want to know the Falcons. Bengals look better than I thought they would, Tarvin. They're at home this week. Are the Falcons going to continue to get better and go to 2-0, uh, or, or is playing on the road against Cincinnati too much to handle this week?
2: Well, I think coming off a game like they played the first game and you know they they practice so hard for that New Orleans game, a divisional rival. Um, going on the road's not what the it's not the strength of the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, the dome quarterback, if you give him time, he'll pick you apart in that dome. But when they go on the road, good thing about it it's it's warm weather, it's not freezing cold in Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's the better football team. So the better football team at home I have to go with them. Cincinnati, until they give me a reason, I'm just going to keep picking them, especially when they're home. I don't have faith in Matt Ryan on the road.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, Tarvin. And I think that Cincinnati, who I thought would take a step back this year, watching that game, uh, was really impressed that they were able to do. They're a five-point favorite. I think they're going to be fine to cover this week, Tarvin. I think Cincinnati, Andy Dalton, who threw for 301 yards last week, Uh, 25-38 passing, not bad, not bad at all for what they asked him to do. Uh, I think Giovardo Bernard has a 100-yard game. A.J. Green, again, stars, and Cincinnati wins. So, I'll take us to our next game. Uh, The Bears, 1-0, again, another team that uh, could have playoff aspirations against the 49ers who just destroyed the Cowboys, Tarvin. The 49ers are at home. I'll go ahead and tell you, I think this game, the 49ers are going to roll. I think the Bears, I worry about them after watching them. Alshon Jeffrey is still questionable. The Bears lost last week. Um, I think that coming off that loss, Tarvin, man, Tarvin, the Bears, if they go to 0-2, I think it might be time
4: to worry
1: a, quite a bit about their playoff chances. And I think in our chat, I think our thing, I said the Bears were 1-0 on our, our website, is actually 0-1. Uh, so Tarvin, I'm getting the 49ers, and I think if Alshon this is a play, this game's going to be ugly.
2: Well, you remember, I don't know if you were on when Cuervo and Quinn were on. We were talking about the Bears, and I said, don't be surprised if they're like one and four after five games. And and one of those one of those games that I had them winning, it was Buffalo, and they lost. Trey, this could be this game against San Francisco, a night game on the road. If they get destroyed, which I think it's going to be uh, – I think they will get destroyed in this game. I think it's going to be detrimental to them in the future of this team. I don't think the Bears have the mental makeup to come back from an 0-2 hole. Do you?
1: I, I think if they go down 02 2 you're looking at the Vikings and their playoff chances being very good. I think this is a must win for the Bears. I don't think, I just think they can get it done out in San Francisco. Kaepernick looked like he shook off some of that rust in preseason. Crabtree had a – I, oh, I look for Crabtree to have a much better game um, in this game, and I think the 49ers and the Bears will get into a shootout, but it will be something sort of like a 38-28 to um, 28 score.
2: Could you see the Bears being 1-4, Trey, 0-5? I mean, could you possibly see that, that the wheels come off after this game? I think
1: all Sean Jeffrey, can, if you look at the, how the Bears performed against – the the bills in that first half and after he left with the hamstring injury how much they were able to take away from brandon marshall i think that that he is sort of key to their offense and their defense we obviously saw needed a little bit of improvement uh, but they actually held the bills down pretty well for that game i think if he plays you're going to see a different dynamic type of offense but the defense is still going to give up points they got under like this game tarvin and they start losing some games, yeah, they're in huge trouble. I think I think they're gonna right the ship as long as Jeffrey's is healthy. If not, I, I agree with you, they're gonna be one and 4 four, oh zero and five.
2: Well, well, could it be a fact? Could that week one just be an anomaly where they they've been preparing for San Francisco so long that they overlooked Buffalo, even though that was the first game? They were home, a big favorite. They just overlooked them to prepare for San Francisco. Could that be the case? If they come out and possibly pull an upset on the road in San Francisco.
1: I mean, it's possible. This is the NFL. The difference in teams are, is quite, you know, not that far off. Uh, and I, I do. I'm telling you, I think that when Jeffries is on the field, it's a totally different ball club for the Bears and moving the football. Matt Forte has a lot more running room. Uh, they can get the passes off to him because Jeffreys and Marshall you know, sort of spread the field out. Uh, if he plays and he's healthy, you know, and he's 100 percent, different kind of offense. The 49ers' defense isn't as good as people I think seem to think they are from last year. They're they're actually. Um, uh, a different type of unit. So the Bears have a shot in this game, but I just think that Jeffrey is – I'm still worried about him not being 100%. And I think that right now that 49 offense looks pretty good to me.
2: All right. The number two game, Trey, is is a tricky one. You, you, you're trying to trip us up here. The New England Patriots mm-hmm. slipped up week one 0-1 going on the road to Minnesota. They look very impressive in week one. I mean, New England's a three-point favorite. I mean, are you buying New England being a favorite on the road after watching week one?
1: Well, I mean, New England being 0-1, getting upset by the Dolphins, you know, sometimes you go into that week one, this is, you know, the end of the world, and then sometimes you kind of think, well, week one doesn't always equate to the full season. I think the Patriots are a little better – uh, in that week one performance. I don't, I don't see them going on some sort of huge skid. They're gonna, I think they're going to win their division still pretty easily. But th- this is a tricky game. I think, I'm think i still not so sold on Matt Castle being able to carry a team if it's close. Uh, the Vikings have a much better running game than the Patriots do. Uh, but actually, I, I think the Patriots are – I see them winning this game on the road. I do not see them going to 0-2, Tarvin. I guess the Patriots win.
2: That's a tricky thing about the NFL in Vegas. They try to sucker you into thinking exactly what you said. New England won't go 0 and 2, but Minnesota's playing some good defense. They look like they can move the ball. Cordell Patterson, where did he come from, Trey? I mean, we got him and Adrian Peterson in this team. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the upset on this one. I'm gonna pick the Minnesota Vikings to go 2 and 0 to start out. New England goes zero and two. Does that mean New England doesn't make the playoffs? No. I just think they're starting in a hole. They're having tr- they're having trouble getting started. Being on the road is going to be difficult in this game. I like Minnesota. Call me crazy.
1: Well, I'm not calling you crazy at all. I, I just think that um, I'm not buying into the biggest hype. Uh, I just I think that you know you have Darrell, you have Rebus on Patterson, and I think that's going to be a good matchup for the Patriots, and I'm not so sold on Matt Castle being able to get the ball around to everyone else. So, um, that's why I'm taking the Patriots, Tarvin. The number one game is on Monday night. The Eagles, who struggled in their win last week, faced the Colts, who were able to come back but lose to the Broncos uh, late last week. So, Tarvin, again, another playoff team could the Colts go into?
2: Well, this game is very tricky because I don't see Indianapolis stopping Philadelphia, Trey. I I just do not see a defense, especially you put Philadelphia's offense on turf. Indoors, it's going to be even faster. I think people in Vegas are still in love with Andrew Luck. I still think they have that, that love affair going on with him, but this defense is terrible. And we saw it against Denver the other night. Trey, I like Philadelphia going on the road in the NBA and and scoring 50 points. That's what I think.
1: (laughs) I think this is going to be a shootout as well. I I think Philadelphia, Nick Foles uh, looks a little shaky at times. I think we're going to see a little bit of a sophomore slump from him when it comes to turnovers. You're not going to see that sort of magical, you know, I don't know what it was, 18-3, you know, cuts down the interception ratio from him this year. I think he's going to throw the ball around a little bit and get picked. I think Indianapolis will score. I think T.Y. Hilton's going to have a big game. I look for McCoy to have a big game for the Eagles. Uh, in a shootout, Tarvin, uh, Indianapolis wins very close in a shootout though.
2: Yep, you have two defenses that can't play and two offenses that are high potent. But if you saw one thing that I noticed about Philadelphia last week, Trey, they got down in a 17 to nothing hole on the road, and granted, it's Jacksonville. But they outscored them 34 to nothing after that. That's a team, Philadelphia. They can score in bunches. They run a lot of plays. But I'm not taking anything away from Indianapolis's offense because of Philly's defense. So, so you're picking Indianapolis in this one?
1: Yeah, we we got a bunch against each other this week, Carvin. So we'll have to see.
2: One of us will, uh, one of us will struggle. One of us won't. Uh, so yeah, I have Indy at home. All right. I mean, really, I could see Indy winning. I could see. The Patriots winning. So these are just coin tosses, really, is what they are. So at least one of us is going to win, hopefully. Well, that's our NFL segment. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. Not getting a lot of calls from any Bears fans tonight. Cuervo must still be in a depression, Trey. I don't know, but I was hoping he would, <laughs> he would call in to talk some Bears football. But that takes us to college, and if you were disappointed after week two at the matchups, well, Trey, tell us about week three. I mean, what's going on in college football where we can't even get excited about a Saturday?
1: Yeah, you and I were talking off-air about this, and I'm looking forward to the NFL on Sunday, and there's a bunch of good matchups. But i tell you, in college football, it's a good weekend to get out and take your kids to the park because there is not a lot to watch on football. Do oh, you want to breeze through some of these games real quick, Tarvin?
2: I mean, I thought we would at least spend 30 minutes on East Carolina and Virginia Tech. I mean, I don't don't know how you can breeze through games this big, but Virginia Tech with a hangover maybe possibly, Trey. Coming back home, Virginia Tech's no powerhouse. We saw this possibly coming, playing Ohio State. East Carolina looked like crap against South Carolina. I mean, are you giving any chance of an upset in this game?
4: Yeah,
1: I think there's a chance. Virginia Tech, again, this is not an elite team. I think people are going to jump on their bandwagon way too quick. I think, you know, you saw South Carolina, what went by 10 last week against the, against East Carolina. I think Virginia Tech is going to struggle at this game, and this game is going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think they'll pull away um, because it is at home for Virginia Tech. If it wasn't for that fact, this
2: could be a huge trap game. They're going to be a little beat up from
1: Ohio State, so let's let's not forget that as well. Trey, Vegas
2: has this line inflated a little bit. You say it's going to be a close game. I agree. Ten and a half points. That's a little too high for a noon kickoff game. But but given an offense, it can't really score a lot of points. I, I can't believe they scored that many points the other night. I don't think they score 35 points this weekend, do you?
1: No, not at all.
2: Okay, we're both going with the Hokies. And if you hear my dog in the background, I apologize. He's, he's right at my door at the office here. So, hold on. Go ahead and take over, Trey, while so I can move him.
1: Yeah, while well, Tarvin's taking care of Cujo, guys, let me, let me go ahead and move us on. And, uh, this is where a lot of these games that we have to talk about this week, this is the best of the bunch, guys. But uh, the number nine game, we have Nevada, who is 2-0, uh, facing off against the Arizona Wildcats. Now, the Arizona Wildcats 2-0, and at home, they've been a different team, but they were on the road last week against a, a Texas-San Antonio team, and they won by three points against Texas-San Antonio. Uh, that was a road game. So, Tarvin, uh, <laughs> Arizona's different at home. Uh, but I gotta tell you, I think this game is a trap all the way. Arizona barely wins last week. Nevada has that player who looks like a who looks like a football player. I don't remember the guy's name, the defensive player.
2: I think Nevada.
1: Uh, this game is way too far off from the line. I think Nevada is going to give Arizona a fit. Uh, they have played two close games. They beat Washington State last week. They've already beat one type 12 team, Carbon. Can they beat two?
2: I don't think so. I, I really think Nevada is a different team away from home, just like I think Arizona is a different team at home. I think Vegas is, is trying to sucker people in in this one to try to get them to take Nevada, but I think around 21 is is where I see this game. I think Arizona blows them out, Trey, and, and you know I know you're not picking the upset. You think it's going to be closer, a win's the win, but I think Arizona takes care of business. I think they leave yeah. the out. I tell you, I got this game on upset alert. I'm not going to pick it, but uh, if, if you have,
1: some this is one of those games, Tarvin, uh, and the, the Wolfpack of Nevada could be that Mountain West team this year. I really think they might be. But yeah, I think I think Arizona. This could get away a little bit from the, near the end. Arizona is a different team at home. Uh, they are terrible on the road. You saw that last week. I don't know what it is about this team, but they are jekyll and Hyde. They're at home. I think so. I think Nevada. This game gets away from them. Arizona will win, but. This is an upset type of watch game. This is one of those games this week that could could be an upset, but uh, I, I I just
2: yeah not pulling the trigger on that one.
0: Oh, well, the, the
2: next game you have for us, man, is the most exciting game to me on the board. <laughs> it actually might
1: be yeah. We'll take it Arkansas to it. Tarvin. Arkansas one and one. They they got beat by Auburn and they blew out some you know cupcake last year while. Brett Dillamo was challenging, you know, first down play <laughs> in the fourth quarter at last 60. Uh, they face off, or they go, to Texas Tech, who is 2-0, and Texas Tech doesn't have a win we can really talk about. Carvin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Texas Tech is favored in this game.
2: Are they going to win? No, I, and I'm going to tell you why. It's, Texas Tech is not a physical football team at all. And I got to see this team up close and personal, Arkansas. And granted, they they won three games last year. This, This offensive line is bigger than any offensive line in the NFL. They have a stable of running backs, three that are healthy. They can hit you from different angles, different speeds. The quarterback is getting better. They have big tight ends, decent receivers, and the defense is not that bad. They're just not deep. I see a shootout coming up in this game. I think both teams score. But I think at the end, Arkansas wears them down in the second half. I mean, being at home is going to be tough uh, going on the road and playing a Texas Tech trade, but I think Arkansas has the right ingredients to be able to beat a team like Texas Tech. I'm going to go with Arkansas. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Texas Tech. and,
1: and They're 2-0, and this is a team that, that sometimes will get ranked early in the season with starting off against Cupcakes. Tarvin, they are They've given up two hundred and one yards on the ground per game. That's ninety fourth in college football. Uh, Tarvin, do you have any idea who they may have done that? Who ninety fourth? And they they must have played some great U-tap. rushing team, right? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, they U-tap. must have played
1: <laughs> jumping the gun on me, man. They, they they must have played some great great teams to, to, to give up that many yards. Well, It's Central Arkansas and then at the road on Utah, so you beat me to it. So I agree with you. I think Alex Collins and the Arkansas offense are going to find a lot of running room. Arkansas, buddy, I I think this game in the end isn't close. I think Arkansas is going to blow them out.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's crazy how how much this team has improved in one year. And I'm not saying this, guys, because Auburn beat them. I'm telling you, I watched them. And that first half I watched Arkansas and Auburn, I'm like, crap. You know, this team is just molesting us. They're just physically dominating us. And then they go last week, and I know they're playing East Chattahoochee High, but still, I mean, to put up 70-plus points on someone, you you have to be efficient on offense. And I don't know, Trey, I don't see Texas Tech stopping this. I mean, will, how many times will Arkansas pass? That could be the question I could ask you. Yeah, maybe under 20.
1: Remember, before the season started, I, I said that Arkansas was going to be a different team this year, so – I'm um, staying on yeah. that bandwagon that I jumped on. I think Arkansas, I think they're going to win this game big, man. I really do. Arkansas is going to be a different team this year. And, and I think that running attack will not be
2: stopped by Texas Tech. It's going to get that quick. That was, a, that was a great call by you. I didn't see it. But, man, you, you know, you get a coach in there, have a year under his belt, and that's what happens. In trade number seven game, could it be a, a letdown game? Southern Cal on the road at Boston College. Southern Cal didn't look good last week to me. I thought Stanford and Southern Cal both looked terrible. But that win was emotional. You had the Hayden coming out on the field, cussing the officials, coming to the rescue of his son, Sarkeesian. I mean, going to Boston College is not easy, Trey. Boston College is not a powerhouse. But playing there sometimes, I see a lot of teams tripping up. Southern Cal's a 17-point favorite in this game on the road. I think that's a little too high looking at that offense.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean and
2: this is going to be sort of similar to what we saw
1: with UCLA traveling to Virginia. Now uh, this game is not as early a kickoff as that, Tarvin, but USC is going to struggle in this game for a while. Uh, USC has struggled with Boston College before. Unfortunately, Boston College really isn't there talent-wise, but USC has jumped all the way up to number nine, Tarvin. Number nine. Just let that just let that let that <laughs> marinate for a little bit. Uh, they're going to start a little bit. Uh, they'll pull away from Boston College. They're going to be able to throw the ball in a ways that Boston College isn't ready for. But
2: this is going to be a struggle at first. Now I think it'll be a one-score game in the fourth quarter, and I, I think Southern Cal puts it away at the end, goes up two scores. But it's going to be a dogfight, and all these people. I mean, let me ask you, Trey. I know you said nine, and you emphasized that Southern Cal is not a top ten team, are they? <laughs> no, no. I mean. A lot of people
1: are on their bandwagon now at the Stanford games, saying, "Yeah, I told you, they're going to be a playoff team." <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's let's, let's, put the, let's put the horses back in the stable. This is not—I don't—they're a top ten team, so I think they're going to lose three or four ball games, and we'll we'll stop talking about them soon. This won't be this week. They'll probably be—you know—there's not going to be any upsets in the top ten. I don't think this week. So, I mean, they'll still be in the top
2: ten next week. But uh Boston College. And, Trey, I, I want to say time. something real quick. I want to say something real quick. You know, the people talk about how great the Pac-12 was, and and I'm going to be honest, and you tell me what you think. Looking at what they did last week, and I know Oregon won, but I came away from that Oregon game more impressed with Michigan State, what they were able to do for most of the game on the road, than I was with the Pac-12 in general. I, I think the Pac-12 has taken a step back. I mean, you tell me, Washington State, looking terrible, Washington, almost losing to a junior college. UCLA looks terrible, almost losing to Memphis. Is the Pac-12 overrated,
4: Trey? Well,
1: a lot of their mid-grade teams have been struggling. I mean, we talked about Arizona already. They won by 3 last week against, what, Texas, Southern El Paso, you know, Salsa. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the middle level of the Pac-12 who are struggling, and and, and that, that, that says something. Well, we'll see more. We'll see more coming out. Uh but this you know, the Pac twelve, I'm starting to yeah, I picked Oregon in my in my playoffs and I'm starting to think that might be a good a good bet because it looks like the Pac twelve isn't as deep as they have been in years past. I mean that's see early right now, Carvin. Uh but well, a guy season.
2: tell me yesterday that the Pac twelve would have two teams in the final four. If that happens I'll cancel the radio show for live because that's not gonna happen. Hey, and coming up next year, way in sports with your host, Trey Patterson. All right, take us on to uh, a bigger game, number six here. All right, and number 21, Louisville, the the fighting Petrinos. speaking of morality,
1: (laughs) at Virginia, the UVA, the Wahoos, Tarvin. Virginia gave UCLA all they wanted uh, at home. Uh, Louisville comes in a little inflated, Tarvin, we'll see. I think Louisville gets away uh, with a road win here. It's going to be tight, so Tarvin, Tarvin, I UVA's quarterback situation still isn't where i like it to be. Uh, I think Louisville is a little bit more structured right now. So i got Louisville winning a close on the road.
2: Yeah, I, I have upset alert on this one for anybody out there listening. Devontae Parker is out, the receiver for Louisville. Trey, this is a noon kickoff game. You know, Virginia's crowd will probably be up. It's 1230 kickoff. But Louisville going on the road like that, those early games can be tough. I think Virginia will lead this game. For the most part, I think they're going to take in a fourth-quarter lead. I think Bobby Petrino will work his magic. He may have his girlfriend in the stands this week. I don't know, but something will happen, and they'll pull it out at the end. So I'm going to go with Louisville, but it's going to be probably by a field goal. Yeah, I don't think this game is going to be. I mean, it'll be a low-scoring sort of. It'll
1: be. Kind of, I imagine a, a, a sloppy game, um, but it'll be something we'll watch because there's not much else on on some Saturday, so. I'll move on to number 12, Tarvin, UCLA. 2-0, and have barely gotten past Virginia and Memphis. Now traveling on the road against Texas, who just got blew out by BYU and then Charlie Strong, half the team, probably suspended for this game. Uh, Tarvin, surely Texas has no shot here, right?
2: See, after taking a beating like that, and, and remember, Charlie Strong – has kicked off everybody. He even kicked off the water boy this weekend, I think, because he looked at him wrong. But you get beat that bad at home, I mean, how do you respond? This is this is going to tell the game where Charlie Strong is in this program mentally with these kids. And they got physically assaulted last weekend at home. Kurt Herbstreit picked them to win. He was on their bandwagon. And Charlie Strong, they get beat by 50 by BYU. I just don't think, Trey, that they're going to beat UCLA, but like I said, I'm not impressed with UCLA. I don't know who to pick in this game, but I I could see Texas rebounding and winning, but the thing that concerns me, Trey, the offense of Texas trying to score points on that defense for UCLA, I think they're good at times. I don't know, Trey. You pick first, and I'll pick after you. This is confusing. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Texas's quarterback, starting quarterback, is maybe out forever. I mean, the
1: guy has a concussion. pretty bad. They, they say he may not play football again. You have a, I think, what is it, Swoop's name is, is playing quarterback. Uh, Texas, here's the thing, Tarvin. UCLA has gotten past twice. And sometimes programs can do that. And sometimes, uh, especially after they've gotten sort of just by twice, and you can imagine what the coaching staffs trying to tell them right now. You're going to get beat, you know, you've got to take these games seriously. Well, then all of a sudden they look at the box score and they see Texas getting blown out by BYU. And I think all the motivation the coaches could give them probably went out the window when they saw that score. And that's why I'm picking Texas to upset. This is the craziest pick I'll probably make all year long, Tarvin. I can't tell you why I not think UCLA is very good right now. And I think that... Maybe Texas finds some backbone, maybe not. I'm going to go out of the huge limb and pick Texas because it's a
2: boring week, Carvin, and we need something to root for. Well, I mean, after week one, we saw, all I saw on Facebook and Twitter was Texas is back. Texas is back. Charlie Strong has these guys. Who did they beat? Sam Houston State or or someone like that, usually an SEC opponent. But I look at that defeat – I mean, how do you, if you're Charlie Strong, bring them back from that? I can't do it, Trey. I want to. I want to pick it with you. You're right. It is a crazy pick, but I would love to see it happen. I would love to see this happen, but I'm going to pick UCLA as a close one. I think both teams suck, to be honest with you, but somebody has to win it, I'm going to say UCLA.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, smart sense tells me UCLA is going to win it. It'll be closer than UCLA wants it. <laughs> But just for, just for you know, just for giggles, I'm yeah. picking Texas. You know, why not? Uh, come on, Texas. We're, I know we have a bunch of Texas listeners to this show, Tarvin, so I'm hoping that they log on to our way in sports talk uh, page on Facebook and they back me up with this pick. Where are you at, Texas Longhorns? All right, I'll move us on to the number four game, Tarvin. Ah right, Kentucky, 2-0. All uh, at Florida, the Gators are one and zero, and they have uh, you know one game that was rained out. Of course, you know that one play they had was enough for all those suspensions. Uh, the Florida Gators Target I picked them as a sleeper for the playoffs, uh, and they look pretty good so far. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. I think Florida. This is another Kentucky whipping. Florida beats them.
2: Well, if you ask Kentucky fans, they're back. Um, you know, they, they're they 2-0, and but if you watch that game against Ohio last week, they were without their best running back. I did watch some of it. They look awful, and I don't think a running back for Kentucky is going to make a difference on the road at the Swamp. This Florida team is good. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody out there. I watched them play one game, and I can tell if you're good or not. I don't care who you play. I can just tell the way you look and in the preseason traded, call it, That Florida was a sleeper. That's my pick to win the East Uh, right now today. If I'm looking at it, Florida can do it. I like them big at night. This is a game before the Alabama game. I believe the Alabama game is next week. Correct?
1: Yeah, I think it is.
2: Yeah, this is a message to to put people on notice that they're back, and I think it's going to be something like forty two to thirteen. Trey, this is going to be a blowout.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I think Florida is back. Like I said, I picked them to, make, to possibly make the playoff. They were my sleeper team outside the top ten. Uh, I, I'm not even sure right now. I'm telling you, I, I don't. We'll see. I could be sick of them to beat Alabama. I think they're, I think they're back, and I hate, and I hate the fact that they're back. But I think they are back. Moving on to number three, Tarvin, Minnesota, undefeated. Where is the angry Gopher tonight? I'll tell you that. Where is the angry Gopher? They are leading the Big Ten right now, two and zero, right? At TCU, one to know, Tarvin, does the Minnesota angry fighting Gophers continue
2: this magical 2-0 season? No. <laughs> no. They're not going on the road to Texas. And I don't remember the last time Minnesota traveled and played a team like this in the Outer Conference. And maybe I'm wrong. If they did, it was closer to home. This is a long trip from Minnesota to Texas, train, And TCU is known for their defense, their they're known for their swag, especially being at home. And you know what? I like TCU pretty big in this game. No, no disrespect to the Gophers; they're building something nice now. But you're going to tell the you're going to see the difference, Trey, between athletes. And TCU has some good athletes on their team, and you'll see the team speed difference against Minnesota. I like TCU by two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, TCU has struggled, Tarvin. since they've been in the the Big Twelve. Uh, but this is one of those games—the Big Ten going out of conference on the road. I, you know, I think after last week's Big Ten bloodbath, I think you—I I know I was crazy about picking Texas. I think it'd be even crazier to pick a Big Ten team on the road at a conference. You know, I think I want to have some respect still on this show after Texas probably gets blown out next Saturday. Uh, I'm going to go with TCU as well. I agree with you, man. I, I can't do it in good faith, pick a Big Ten team on the road. Uh, but you know, hey, I root for I the, the Gophers. Hopefully, they'll do well. Hey, do you
2: remember uh, the last time UCLA came to Texas? What the score was? Trivia question here.
1: Was it like 41 to
2: 17? It was like 66 to three or 10, something like yeah. that. That was the time where Texas was ranked and UCLA came in and just took them behind the woodshed. I, I just, I just wanted to bring that up to to Texas people thinking that home field advantage mm-hmm. may matter in this game. Well, last time it didn't. I'm not saying it won't, Trey, but I'm glad you didn't ruin your credibility by thinking that pick, that but, but we'll see. The next game is is the one, the most anticipated out-of-conference matchup of the week, you know, not the year, Trey. Like I said,
1: no. Auburn,
2: <laughs> Kansas State was, like you say. But uh, this Oklahoma team, you know, Tennessee's back, Trey, in a way where they're 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 getting used to winning. They're getting the recruits. Remember, this is a whole entire new offensive line, a new defensive line. Now they're going on the road and playing one of the most explosive offenses in America at night in Norman. It just doesn't look good for the Tennessee Volunteers in this game, Trey. This is one
1: thing. If Oklahoma had a really tough schedule this year, and this is just one of those games at a conference they might look over, I just don't see it. I mean, this is – Oklahoma is in the Big 12. We know the Big 12 isn't all that tough. They don't play great at a conference. We talked about how that could, you know, affect them down the road when it comes to playoff time. But at least, you know, Oklahoma scheduled Tennessee back when Tennessee was, you know, I mean, they're a big-name school. So this was meant to be a premier game. It obviously has fallen off the radar a little bit because Tennessee is struggling – I think they're going to be a little more competitive than Oklahoma would like, Tarvin. I'm not. This is not going to be an upset. I think Oklahoma will win the game, Tarvin. But I'm telling you right now, I think we're going to be watching this game in the second half going, huh, maybe something might happen today. I don't think it will, Tarvin, mm-hmm. but I think Tennessee just doesn't have the horses yet. But I think they're going to be very competitive for a lot of part of this game.
2: Well, I'm going to give Tennessee some, some, some tips to pull an upset, anybody out there listening that – that i've seen upsets i've seen my auburn tigers go to the swamp being this big of an underdog and the way you pull out victories on the road when you're big underdogs you've got to quiet the crowd early that's the first thing you have to make sure you a a business trip you come out if you're tennessee trey your number one goal is to score first and, and cut down explosive plays when oklahoma has the ball that's number one you have to do that number two Worley's going to have to hit some downfield passes, Trey. And that's one thing he hasn't been able to do in the first two games. It looks like he's not been able to hit the long ball, even if it's open or not. He's overthrowing, underthrowing. And against Oklahoma, Trey, would you agree that Worley's going to have to stretch the field and throw downfield to be able to win? Yeah, I think if if he doesn't – he has to basically smack somebody
1: in the face with a long ball. And You're right, he hasn't been able to do that so far. And you know, that's that's one of the weaknesses I see in him, but that that's the way Tennessee's gonna have to keep this sort of this this game close. I mean, Oklahoma's number four in the land. They're in everybody's pre, you know, right now, their final four, if you will. Um, so Tennessee has a lot of reasons to play well in this game. But uh I just think at the end of the day Oklahoma's gonna get by.
2: Uh but if maybe if Worley comes through it could be real close in the fourth quarter. And the third thing and, and time of possession doesn't matter anymore in college football but win the turnover battle i know that sounds cliche and you hear that all the time but if tennessee comes out of this game trade with more turnovers than oklahoma it's going to be a bad bad day for them win the turnover battle stretch the field and get out early tennessee has a chance if this game goes in the fourth quarter tennessee has a legitimate shot to beat oklahoma i'd love to see it happen because I'm not, you and I are not on that Oklahoma bandwagon just yet. You look at their schedule. It's going to be hard to beat them, but somebody's going to do it, hopefully, so they don't get into that playoff and not really deserve it. But that takes us, we're both picking Oklahoma just because of where it's at. The number one game, and I'm excited for this one, Trey. The number six Georgia Bulldogs, number one in some people's polls, believe it or not, on ESPN, going to South Carolina, two weeks off of a thrashing against Texas A&M in Columbia, Trey. Steve Spurrier hates Georgia. He despises them. He talks trash about them all year. He doesn't like Mark Riggs. He doesn't respect their program. I mean, tell me, did Steve Spurrier overlook Texas A&M, maybe a little bit too cocky in that first game, preparing all offseason for that Georgia matchup?
1: I think a lot of people didn't
2: think uh, A&M were in much of anything. Again, another team in the very
1: beginning of the season, and I was – talking about that could be a lot better than people think uh, but here's the thing about South Carolina Tarvin even after that thrashing uh, through the air by Kenny Hill you know what they're ranked nationally against the pass defense 12th what? 12th wow I mean think about think about that number there I mean that's that's insane I know they played nobody in their second game and that's all well and good But I mean, that just you know, it's early Tarvin It's early number um so just just something, just something to think about. They may not be as bad against the pass and I think they're gonna put everybody they have in the box. Now they're forty sixth against the rush, they're so they're pretty average. Um but they're gonna have to put everybody in the box and they're gonna tell Mason, you beat us because we don't think you're Kenny Hill. Um and Tarman, do you think that's enough to, to get South Carolina to upset the Georgia Bulldogs?
2: Yeah, and, and and the reason I'm picking I'm picking this game as an upset. South Carolina is at home. They they had the longest home winning streak until Texas A&M came in. I don't see them losing another one this early. Uh, Hudson Mason, this is his tr- first true game where he's on the road. He's going to South Carolina. I'm not sold on Georgia's receivers. They'll be playing two res- walk-ons at receiver this weekend. And all they've ta- heard all for two weeks is how they were thrashed by Texas A&M. And Gurley is the Heisman Trophy winner, and Georgia's in the playoffs. And all they have to do, Trey, is take care of business at home. South Carolina wins. All of a sudden, they become relevant again. Think of South Carolina wins the rest of their games. And if you look at their schedule, it's possible. You never know, but they're back in it. You you can go back to the SEC championship game. You really control your own destiny if you're South Carolina right here. And I I like Spurrier at home. I like Dylan Thompson better than I do Hudson Mason, believe it or not. I just think South Carolina is going to be able to pull it off, and it's all because of Hudson Mason not being able to go on the road and carry that team. You're right. They're going to stack the box. Gurley and Chubb, they're not going to be able to run like they did against Clemson. I'm sorry. South Carolina pulls it out, Trey. They upset. They shocked the world. You know,
1: last year in this game, Mike Davis of South Carolina ran for 149 yards. Something else to think about. Now, Jeremy Pruitt wasn't there, Tarvin, and I think he is a huge difference maker. Uh, watching his, his sort of zone blitz scheme, for Florida state for when he was there, uh, watching Georgia against Clemson, uh, just different different type of makeup for the talent they've always had on defense. I, I don't agree with you. I think that this is a game that Georgia will get past. I agree with you that South Carolina is going to play very well in this game, uh, but I think South Carolina – Dropping these, you know, two of three is going to be a huge, huge lot, you know, bad start for them. Uh, starting zero and two in conference, but I'm going to ride the bandwagon for Georgia a little bit longer, Tarvin. Uh, I think Georgia wins a close one. It'll be the only game probably of the day that may be worth watching. Um, but it's the game, well, it's the only game in the top 25. I got Georgia winning a close one.
2: What happens if Georgia lays an egg, loses again to South Carolina? After, for two weeks, all we heard is George is back, George is back, George is back, Gurley's back. <laughs> what happens to Mark Rick's seat? Does it get a little hotter? Because I think it will get scalding hot if he chokes on the road in this one. Yeah, because I think
1: people think that what they've always been missing is somebody on the defensive side of that ball who's smart um, on defense, as some people say that Mark Rick is an offense. Uh, and so they have it now. You can't you can't say anything about Gary Pruitt. And the guy basically, you know, whipped a, a, a team into shape last year at Florida State that ended up being defensively just insane. A lot of NFL talent, but Florida State's always had talent. And they've always, had you know, Mickey Andrews the last couple years before, you know, before that defensive changeover had problems bringing that talent to fruition. So Pruitt's been a guy who can do that. And he's so far, you know, very early on, one game against Clemson, Showed us they he can do it. So um, if if they were to lose, Tarvin, uh, this game, uh, then it is going to say something about Rick because now they have something on defense now, a coach who can coach well enough to take over a game on that side of the ball.
2: And also I think it's key to South Carolina to get off to a start and have a, a decent lead at halftime, trade because if you notice one thing about Pruitt, his track record second-half adjustments, you saw it. Week one against Clemson, it was 21 all halftime. He come out and shut them down to, what, one first down in an entire half. That worries me, too. I mean, South East is a genius when it comes to offense, but I think uh, the track record Pruitt has on the defensive side of the ball, you have to go in up at least seven to ten points at half at home to be able to beat Georgia, and I think they will. I think they're going to get off early in this game. Hudson Mason is not Aaron Murray, everybody out there that's listening. He is not Aaron Murray. And Gurley better have a huge day if they're going to win this game. And I just don't think he can carry it. I mean, how long can they ride Gurley, Trey? I mean, are they going to give it to him 30, 40 times if they have to? How long is he going to last this season? I
1: think they're going to have to give it to him a lot in this game for them to win this game. I think Gurley has to be uh, sort of their um, workhorse to get through South Carolina because South Carolina is going to play very well. Uh, I think this game, they're going to really want the defense to help turn to get some turnovers from South Carolina uh, because they rely so heavily on Gurley. I mean, you're right, if he gets hurt, man, it's going to be a big deal.
2: Yep, and we want to thank everyone for listening tonight. Go to Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at Sports. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino. Go to com if you'd like to listen to some old episodes Go to our website. Trey, we're going to be back Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern to go over all of these games. And, and, and I have a feeling we may have a couple of upsets we're going to be discussing Sunday evening about this college football. Sometimes these weeks sneak up on you. You think nothing's going to happen and something big happens. I mean, we could be talking some disaster on Sunday night. But we had a great show tonight. Thanks, Matt. Go down. Quinn for calling in. Sports on Sports Buzz Radio in the chat room. Trey, where's all of our our chat room at tonight, really? It's this football season. I mean, are are these teams that depressed this early, or what's going on? I think it's just a bad week, man. This is
1: one of those weeks where a lot of people are going to do a lot of things with the family because it's such a bad college football weekend. But don't worry, college football fans. Don't worry, because this won't last that long much longer. We'll be back to really, really good games. Uh, next week there will be more games to talk about and more uh, interesting topics for us to discuss when it comes to college football. More teams in the top 25, which uh, that, that's one of the things that's really weak. Tarvin. You have one game in the top 25.
2: Um, that's, not good, yeah. and that's not good. And we're in the third week. We're in the third week. It's time. But after this week, Trey, that's when the matchups start getting serious. I think people, this is a calm before the storm. We'll see. I'm surprised Alabama Southern Myth didn't make your list. I mean, they're only a 50 point favorite, Trey. How did that not make the list?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, that, that didn't interest me at all. But let me tell you about next week, Sarvin,
1: just to give you a preview: Auburn, Kansas State, Florida, Alabama. Just just to name uh, just name two games right off the bat: Mississippi State, LSU. Uh, you mean, know, you have games next week that, that will, will be in the top 25. So something something to look forward to. Uh, And you never know, Carmen. there could be an upset. Uh, Also, you have Florida State Clums in next week.
2: So, uh, the next week is better, man. Well, I have one bold prediction I'm going to make tonight, this weekend. Blake Sims, the quarterback for Alabama, will struggle against Southern Miss. He won't look as sharp as he's been doing. They're going to have some more quarterback controversy heading into Florida. And if that happens, Trey, that Florida and Alabama game just got very, very interesting. So Sunday night, be ready to get ready for this past week's football. And we're going to go ahead and start into the next week. Trey, have a great week. Be safe on your travels. And we'll see you back in here Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Right into this world. All alone. You takes your soul
0: you on your own.